Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome to another episode of Shared History. We have the history. We have it, and we're sharing it. (laughs) (laughs) Nailed it. (laughs) I hate myself. (laughs) But that's okay. I exist only in the interwebs to please others, so it doesn't matter how I feel about myself. This took a dark turn. (laughs) Nally, it makes me happy, so keep doing whatever you're doing. Oh, I thought you were saying my self-deprecation makes you (laughs) happy. Oh, yeah. No, no, I know. I, I assume keep doing what you're doing will be deprecating. And so oh, okay. Yeah. Well, we could do that for hours, but it's not about me. It's not about you or me. It's not about either of us. As Well, it's not about our guest either, because it's, it's going to be about history, <laughs> because that's what we have. We have the history, but we also have a wonderful guest. Today, we are joined by a fabulous actor of stage, screen, and sound waves. On stage, he has recently appeared in Soft Power at The Public. He was in the original Broadway cast of the Anything Goes revival, Honeymoon in Vegas, and Groundhog Day, which means that I saw him at the 2017 Tonys because I was there. Uh, Other Broadway credits include Aladdin and Mamma Mia, among others. I would be remiss if I didn't mention he was in Ratatouille, the TikTok musical. On screen, he's appeared in Marriage Story, Succession, Billions, Smash, In addition to right here on this podcast, you can also hear his voice in oodles of projects with DreamWorks, Netflix, Nickelodeon, and the like. He's booked. He's busy. He's blessed. He's here. He's Raymond J. Lee. Yay. Thanks for... I'm booked because I have my six-year-old daughter being like, Daddy, I'm hungry. Daddy, I'm sleepy. Daddy, let's watch a princess movie. So that's that's my full-time job. But hi, everyone. (laughs) Hello, how are you this fine day? I'm good, happy Monday. I'm weirdly working out a piece of spinach in my teeth that I was like, wait, I should have like gotten it out before this interview. So that's where I am. Hi, everybody. <gasps> Great, we'll, just, we'll talk, we'll give you some time to like work on yourself. <laughs> and, well, yeah. and podcasting is a visual medium, so everyone <laughs> can see the spinach and... <laughs> And though that was delicious the second time around, I hope it's not too <laughs> gross. But yeah, I'm so excited to be here, and this is so cool. So thanks for having me. Um, we're so excited to have you. I had to mention they're like I ha- was legally obligated to mention your Mamma Mia credit because in episode one of this very podcast, Cass and I talk about Mamma Mia for no reason. <laughs> For literally no reason. I don't remember why it came <laughs> for up. Probably way too long too. <laughs> we weren't talking about anything related to Greece. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I mean, that was four and a half years that I was in that show um, on Broadway. And it was the best shape I have ever been in my life. Because oh, I'm sure. Bathing suits the entire time. <laughs> it was a good, good time. Yeah. Do you have like nightmares about polyester? No, I have nightmares about the flippers because we had this flipper dance and I'm a klutz. And I thought one of these shows, I would trip on a flipper and just eat it on stage. <laughs> That never happened, thank you, Jesus, but it was a fear. <laughs> oh, my. Was I cor- also, was I correct? Were you, were you still performing with 
the Groundhog Day OBC when they when they were on stage at the Tonys? Yes, I was the one in the Groundhog suit <gasps> with the trumpet. That was me. Um, which was great because during the Tonys, everybody else is dressed in their like hot costumes, and I wore a tank top and shorts. <laughs> I was like, suckers! <laughs> like, this is fantastic. Yeah! I, mean, I don't have to shave. <laughs> I mean, that's really, like, that is the goal. <laughs> the goal. That is a strategy with which I live my life and make often make clothing choices. Um, yeah. Especially during this pandemic, too. It's like, oh, I have, to, I have to wear a fresh shirt. Well, as long as it doesn't look smelly, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. Everyone is just changed what their like rules are on how many times they can wear the same thing. Like I was never a wear the same shirt multiple times person, but I've been like, well, I'm wearing a sweater, but I'm wearing an undershirt. Yep. So I can wear this sweater again, just with a <laughs> different undershirt. Yeah. Or maybe like a tank top or maybe no shirt. That's what I do if it's too hot. Sorry. <laughs> if it's too hot, Ray is in the buff. Just wearing the sweater, which makes no sense. Just Winnie the Pooh in it with the sweater. I think I think Zoom conversations during the pandemic has really brought back the Winnie the Pooh look. So, but oh, for no sure. one would know at first yeah. glance, and that's the beauty of it. It's the beauty um, of Winnie the Pooh. And that's the term, right? People are like, I'm pooing it. Is that what, is that what the youngsters are saying? Yeah, like, I, I always, I don't know that we would qualify as like cool youngsters, but I, would, I often will refer to something as pooing it, Winnie the pooing it, or Donald ducking it. They're the same thing. Go. It's there the same phenomenon. I, I think it's that. just a difference of if you're wearing a hat or not. Are you Donald ducking it? <laughs> <laughs> or if you're a bit bloated that day, you're yeah. Winnie mm-hmm. the pooing it for sure. Mm-hmm. It depends on how hungry you are at the time that you're saying the phrase. Um, Ray, I have to ask you, do you enjoy history? Are you like, do you consider yourself a history buff? How, what are your, what's your, what's your history with history? I love history. I love researching and Wikipedia when I am able to, when I'm not watching a a PJ Masks or some sort of cartoon with my daughter. Um, Yeah, in high school, middle school, it was all about like all the history courses um, I think I took like AP Euro and AP US history. There was like a medieval medieval history course. And yeah, I love it. And it's, it's just, I love finding the topics that I really kind of gravitate towards. And I'm very spiritual and I believe in past lives. So part of me is like, do I like this because I lived it? I don't know. You know? <laughs> so, there's, there's a connection drawing me to this history. Literally, I must have worn that dress and made <laughs> butter out of nothing. Yeah, so... <laughs> Also, I love to hear you not just say that you love history, but you love researching, as that is a very big prerequisite, prerequisite of coming on the show. Oh my yes. God, do you want to be on my podcast? By the way, do you want to do homework? Thank awesome. you too, but for both of y'all, I think I freaked out. I was like, you guys, I haven't done research in years and you don't have the time and what do I do? But thank you so much for, for bearing with, with hey, will We'll also take it as a compliment when I, whenever people are like, wow, but you guys do like you guys do like research and I'm like, we're, we go down some rabbit holes, but it's one rabbit holes of our choosing. So that helps. Uh, yeah. And two pretty low stakes rabbit holes. It's, it's pretty bullet pointy yeah. at times. So that's, that's fine. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it's a cursory Google that then just got out of hand. 
Um, I was laughing too with with I mean not to give spoilers away for this episode, but like our topic, I you know there's a documentary and I was searching for it for the life of me, and then you told me it hasn't been released yet in the states, and I was like, well that makes sense now. <laughs> But I only know that because you said you were going to watch it. And I was like, I should watch that documentary. And then I was like, try, I was trying to find it. And I yeah. recent articles about. So this is great because, Nor- first of all, by the time this episode comes out, the documentary might be out. Um, but also, uh, because oftentimes Cass and I will cover a topic and then just kind of be like, oh, also, I found that there's this documentary about it that has been out there for a while. This is like kind of breaking news. I'm going to go ahead and tell uh, Dear Readers, I know what the topic is today. Natalie has been teasing me all day. She's like, oh my God, I'm so excited. Cass, you're going to freak out. I'm like, I want to know. I want to know now. We usually keep it We usually keep it a hush-hush, but I uh, I told Ray that I was I would be ready to stand by with some like support research if he needed it because I knew that he was, because he's booked and busy and blessed. Um, Hashtag dad life. (laughs) Yeah, it's like I'm booked with with the child. I'm booked with I'm booked with a child. All the cartoons that you watch though are great research for your voiceover work. So totally, which is because you you do a decent amount of animated work, right? You know, it's funny because every actor, it's like I don't book enough. I don't work. But you know, I'm I'm lucky that I have you know like projects here and there, and hopefully one of these days I'll be able to be like a. A series regular and, and do a bunch but i've been able to dip my toe toes into a couple shows which has been fun so yeah so then you just get to call then you're working all the time it's just that your child is choosing what you're watching for yes. for quote-unquote research for, yes. for your roles for my roles yes yes <laughs> i do a lot of research on ducktales um mm-hmm. We just researched the Mitchells versus the Machines, which was incredible. Ray, you are always working on your craft, and it Ugh. is so admirable. It just, just you know, wow. Very serious <laughs> actor here. Very serious actor. <laughs> this brings me so much joy. But we made you do some other research. Tell Cass what we're talking about today. Oh God, I'm so excited. And I'm so, going to let you lead, and I'm just here with like to chime in with like little anecdotes. <laughs> Sweet. I literally have like my, my, my little notes here, so feel free to chime in. But um, everybody knows about the Titanic. <gasps> there have been musicals and films and books and plays and all sorts of stuff. But um, I didn't realize that there were actually Asian people on the Titanic and that some of them survived. Because you see the movie and you're like, what? I, there has to be some Asians on here. Like, there's like one I think like Middle Eastern family like in the movie, and all the school. immigrants are just Irish, Irish, like. <laughs> Scottish, British, you know. And so yeah. I remember being like, there has. I mean, if this was like the maiden voyage, and it was like London to America, I'm sure there were some others, and there were actually eight Chinese men on the Titanic, and two of them um, perished, but six of them survived. And the the crazy thing, though, is um, so they were like, of course, and I'll get into the, the specifics, but they were rescued on the Carpathia, but they couldn't enter the United States because of the Chinese Exclusion Act. So while oh. everybody else is like, doop, 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 we're on land. Yay. Um, these six guys were forced to stay on the Carpathia, sleep over, deal with U.S. immigration bullshit. Oh, Jesus. And then was spread back all around the world. So um, on top of having to go through the. Fucking tragedy that was a Titanic to begin with. And one of them, I didn't realize, 
so James Cameron um, is producing the documentary, or I guess it's like the big name behind it. But one of the Chinese men actually found a door and clung to it, like a la Kate Winslet, Rose Dawson style. What? Like full on. And I'm like, see, Rose should have been Asian in the movie. <laughs> she'd been a gay love tale. Yeah. This is... This is blowing the door conspiracy theory wide open, too. Could we have fit two people on the well, door? Well, this is a whole other topic <laughs> that we could get into. Technically, it wasn't a door. Going there. Kate Winslet wasn't on a door. Like It looks like a door. We all in our headcanon have decided it's a door. It was actually a door-adjacent piece of wood paneling, but it looked like a door. And the, <laughs> the survivor, it was a door. It was yeah. a door. Full door. Also, oh. apparently, there was a deleted scene or in the director's cut of Titanic where they there is a moment where they show a person of Asian descent being rescued, but it's like only in the director's cut. Mm. Also, is yeah. James Dang. Cameron contractually obligated to be connected to everything, every project to do with the Titanic? I think he's just ever since the film, he's gotten obsessed with like deep sea adventures and because like he created those submersibles um, that actually went to the Titanic. And then there's so many water documentaries of him going on to see other ships, the ocean. Like, I feel like this has been his new passion because water scares me that deep. I uh, You can't get out of there. You can't just mm, you're stuck. It's like mm-hmm. Well, the depth and the depth isn't the problem. The temperature is the problem, and the fact that you're not going to be able to like move your limbs in a dexterous way to do anything. So yeah. I don't, I don't know because I'm, I'm going to spoil something already about the the survivors. They were all maritime workers, like they were all sailors. So one of the things that I read was like, well, first of all, they all know their way around a ship, and they were, they were in the third class. They were in steerage, so they would have probably like felt the vibrations of the iceberg. They know what's going on probably Mm -hmm. faster than everyone else on the ship. Mm -hmm. And they know, like, they come out of their quarters and and see, like, well, here's where the waterproof doors are. So I'm going to go away from those because that'll hold for a bit. And so that's one of the one of the things that I read almost made it sound like the one who is found the gentleman who was found on the door had like basically strapped himself to it. And would have possibly done that as the ship was going down to be like, I'm gonna need this later. Yeah, this is yeah. this is an appropriate size. <laughs> yeah, for buoyancy. That's what, that's what I'm wondering if, like, you know, because in you know you you hear people like trying to make it to the last moment and hanging on stuff. But I wonder if they were like, we're ship experts. It, this is going to sink. So let's find some <laughs> big ass pieces of wood, strap ourselves on it, and like paddle out in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. Not get sucked in by that vacuum. Also at the end when. When the ship goes down. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. So many factors to consider. Oh, my yeah. God. The vacuum, the propellers. God, I would not have. Propellers. The Titanic. No. I love it. I love everything about it. And I think it's because it stresses me out so <laughs> much. Just when you said the word Titanic, I just like had a shiver. And I was like, uh, tell me more, please. But I'm freaking out. <laughs> it's like, I hate it, but I need more information. It I, is. We, we talk very briefly. This is why also why I told Cass she would be titillated to hear today's topic. Is uh, an episode 54, also of this season with Marie Salter. We, for some reason, end up on a side tangent about Titanic. I don't, it's not relevant to what we were talking about. And we were talking specifically about, like, James Cameron becoming Titanic guy and about, like, some of the weird merchandising choices that have been made since then. 
like board games and video yeah. games. But I, I genuinely can't tell you which came first. James Cameron wanting to make the movie or James Cameron just being obsessed with Titanic? He must have been obsessed with Titanic, right? Because otherwise, why would he have spent so much a money? Thank God it made it all back. But like, also the technological equipment. And he's he like, did he work on the Abyss? I, I don't remember. I got to or I feel like he's worked on other like deep sea movies. So I feel like he's always had that fascination. And after the movie, he went back. There was some like documentary where he like corrects the sinking pattern. Oh, like God. he computer animates the whole thing. He's like, I, had I it wrong. could have saved this. Does he? Does he correct the? Uh, the oh, you mean stars? like the way in which it sank? Yeah, the yeah. way oh, in because he's like, it was not like this. There was more of a degree, and then it, but you know, it still broke. Like he gets so like he nerds out, which is awesome to me because I like am obsessed with it. But I don't know. I will always prefer the guy in the beginning of the movie. The way he's like. <sighs> splits in half and then that fucker's just bouncing up and yeah. down you know <laughs> and well, he was I a real researcher was he, he was really a, yeah he was a real guy in the Keldish and I guess um because you'll see in documentaries he's like a real researcher they loved him they yeah. only had a small crew and they're like let's give this guy some lines and <laughs> breakout star so I love it I love it yeah because yeah. yeah, it's it, was he like I want to go visit the wreck of the Titanic because it had already been found and I want somebody else to pay for it, so I guess I'll make a movie about it. Because <laughs> I feel like the, that's plausible. And pay for the equipment, too, because, you know, those little submersibles were yeah. probably expensive yeah. and they oh, lost, yeah. you know. But there's also, also that documentary um, with Robert Ballard finding the Titanic. Yeah, because he's the one who found it. It's, it's so cool. It is just so cool to see, like, you know, and back then the cameras looked like old school, like, 90s home movie cameras. So you just, <laughs> like on the ocean and they find the boiler and then they freak out and it's really really cool also before we get into the the whole topic itself i need to say that the movie titanic is just so iconic and most of i think a lot of people's knowledge of titanic history is centered around that movie or because of that movie and so we kind of forget that like Leo DiCaprio wasn't really like hanging out on the banister or when people will describe like people or aspects of the ship, like the actual schematics, my mind goes to the, okay, so they were doing the Irish dance on the tables and that was right next, like that's my context for like the actual historical events. And so I know I'm going to keep coming back to that just because that's my only frame of reference. And I want to get outside of that. Because this isn't about James Cameron. Although researching this story, I learned that apparently he's currently filming like three different Avatar movies at the same time. And I just, I have questions and I have feedback. (laughs) Interesting. I wonder what that's going to be like in 2021. Yeah. (laughs) Culturally. But it's not about James Cameron. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? The Titanic narrative himself. has been about James Cameron for long enough. We're taking it back. Ray, tell us about tell us about these six sur- survivors. You know, and I have the eight Chinese men names, and I'm gonna butcher them because I'm not Chinese and I'm Korean. So I'm gonna like Americanize their names to save my ass a little bit. Um, but the names are Ali Lam, Chang Chip, Li Bing. Li Ling, Chong Fu, Ling He, Fang Lang, and Len Lam. Those are the eight. Um, 
I don't know which one survived except for Fang Lang because he, spoiler alert, was the only one that made it back to America at the end and actually came back. But yeah, as mentioned, they were um, Chinese men on the Titanic. They were all professional sailors, um, had experience on, on the ship in the seas, and they were contracted to work on another ship departing from the U.S. So that's why they were they were going to America. They were on their way to Cleveland. Thank you, Google, for letting me know that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I read that one of them was going to get married. And after they were going to get married, they were going to set up a whole business. So I feel so bad, too. Like, I hope one of the person survived and got married because that would have really... I, but, like, could they have gotten to Cleveland? That I read that, too, and mm. I was so confused because I only saw that in, like, one place. And everything else is like, well, they weren't... It was New York was like a stopping point on the way to this other ship that was not in America. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you uh, some of the other ones that survived because I found it. <gasps> yes, yes, please, I would love that. In my sleuthing, um, Chang Chip is one of is one of the ones who survived because he made it. They go back to the UK after not being welcome to stay in America, and he passed away shortly after his return to the UK um, of pneumonia. Uh, I know that Alam or Ali Lam, the you you're if, if we butcher the names, they were pre they were uh, the one what we're reading from is already butchered it, from yeah. them writing them down in yeah. the like on the ticketing stuff at the Titanic. Totally. Not that not that that forgives it, but just like they're they're butchered before they even get to us. Uh, uh, Ling He, uh, because. So Ali Lam was deported to Hong Kong eventually because Britain also had a, in the 20s, a, um, in, over in the UK, uh, in like the 1920s, 1930s, they were forcibly repatriating Chinese seamen to China from Britain against their will. So a lot of these gentlemen wound up back in the UK, got work as sailors, um, married, uh, and then were still kicked out of the country. And so... Ali Lam was deported to Hong Kong. Uh, Ling He headed to Calcutta in India, Li Bing to Canada, and uh, Fang Lang to the U.S. eventually. So I know that those, did I even say six? One, two, three, four. Yeah. So those six are the ones that we, that that survived. Well, that's awesome because I remember um, I, I, there was another article somewhere that said where they were scattered to, but it wasn't specific with who went where. And it said Cuba the Caribbean, Singapore, India, and the UK. Um, and, that, and that's the article that said Fang Long went to America and had like descendants and apparently wrote a poem about his experience and all sorts of stuff. Um, but it's it just also, especially with AAPI month, it's fascinating to n- learn about this story and especially with the Chinese Exclusion Act as well, because that was a big part of US history. People don't remember um, that Chinese people were excluded. It was like, you can't come in. Um, there was Japanese internment. There was Chinese exclusion. And now there are Asian hate crimes. It's just, you know, there's a, there's a history of, 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 of racism in this country. And so it's, it's, I think it's important to spotlight it. Um, also um, figure out how to combat it. And I'm grateful to so many allies and communities that have shown support to the AAPI community, especially now. Um, sidebar note, um, being in New York, um, my husband got me pepper spray because I was working in Times Square, um, like days after that one poor woman was, was beaten. Mm -hmm. Um, and 
I I was followed. Somebody followed me. I luckily had practiced how to take pepper spray the top off in my pocket. And it happens. It is so common now. I have so many friends who have had incidents in the streets and the subways called names. So it's just this story also resonated with me, especially now as well. So. Hey, Nat, can we make this quick? I have to go check on my sponge. Your sponge? Ugh, you've been binging Bake Off again, haven't you? Four words. Paul Hollywood Soggy Bottom. Okay, well, when you're done with Amateur Hour, the adults will be over here ordering cakes from the pros at ECBG Cake Studio, because they make specialty cakes for all occasions. We're talking custom birthday cakes. We're talking jaw-dropping wedding cake masterpieces. We're talking Paul Hollywood just shook my hand, I deserve a cake cakes. ECBG Cake Studio, you say? Yes, and if you insist on trying to perfect your sponge, they also offer online baking classes. So follow at ECBG underscore studio on Instagram or visit their website, ecbgstudio.com. The history of racism against Asians in this country is, like, not talked about at all. Like, oh, you know, there was this little blip of Japanese internment. Okay, I don't know. The way Asian history is told in the States is just baffling to me. Yeah, we do. We have have a past episode on on the more of, like, the bureaucracy that allowed the Japanese Exclusion Act Mm -hmm. to happen but what i didn't realize as i was reading a resource like a researching this i saw something that was like yeah the chinese exclusion act the only law that has ever been on the books in the united states that flat out denied entry Mm -hmm. to the country from another country and i was like Mm -hmm. but wait there's i can i can name other exclusion acts but those were more those were from within Mm -hmm. versus actually banning I mean, not for lack of trying. We, <coughs> we have a country has tried to uh, <laughs> ban immigration from other specific regions, mm-hmm. but that's the only one that was ever on the books, and it was on the books for a while, for like decades. I didn't realize how long it was, and it's crazy because, I mean, the Chinese immigrant population had a huge influence, especially on the West Coast especially with the railroads. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a reason that the railroads got built because the Chinese immigrants were the ones that were willing to do the work and were willing to like light the dynamite in the cave and run their asses out and possibly get killed. Yeah. You know, so there's a huge history. So it's 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 just fascinating to me that it got to that point of actually being law. Yeah. I mean, I could do a very quick sidebar for context for folks on the Chinese Exclusion Act yeah, give us a little breakdown. Um, so it was enacted in 1882 by forgettable president Chester A. Arthur. <laughs> uh, Chester oh who? Yeah. It's like I'm, I'm only I'm, ever referring to him as Chester A. Arthur, but I probably will never have to never do refer- that again because I'll forget about it. Um, it suspended all, like we said, it suspended all immigration from China to the U.S. At the time, in eight, in the 1880s, the Chinese Chinese population of America was only like 0.002%. But, of course, your white Americans, particularly on the West Coast, were were bla- just blaming everything. Like their declining wa- wages, econ- economic, all economic problems they were blaming on Chinese immigrant workers. Um, and so in an effort to 
<sighs> maintain, quote, racial purity. Uh, Chester A. Arthur, like, acquiesces to kind of their pressures and, and signs this into law. So this is 1882. The Titanic sank in what, 1914? 1914. Something like that. Um, 1912. 1912. So it's still kicking because they like, similar to the the laws that led to the Japanese Exclusion Act, it like took different forms and and different names. So the the initial Chinese Exclusion Act of 1882 only suspended Chinese immigration for 10... I'm dying. <coughs> only it only uh, suspended Chinese immigration for ten years, um, and it but it also made those already here ineligible for naturalization. And then in 1892, the Geary Act went into effect, which extended the ban for another ten years and required them to carry specific paperwork. And if they were caught without the special paperwork, they were sentenced to hard labor and de- uh, and deportation and bail was only an option if vouched for by a credible white witness so no one else in the asian community could act as a witness to them having a right to be in the country and then in 1902 chinese immigration was made permanently illegal and then in 1912 the titanic sunk and the act wasn't abolished until 1943 Holy and at that shit. point, at that point, though, Chinese immigration was still limited to only 105 per year allowed uh, allowed into the United States. And then in 1965, that was the first time that that uh, Chinese people were able to immigrate to the United States in any significant numbers. Mm. So we're talking 1965 from 1882. Uh-huh. And like the so, numbers went down, it's funny because then Japanese internment happens too. It's almost like the, the the attention was diverted to Japanese people in World War II. So yeah, just uh, racism. America's number one export. Also, yeah. the just the term "white witness" is just icky. A credible white witness. Ugh. That's you know, it's the and thank you for giving us that history too because uh, I didn't know about. All, all of this, um, like you read about like one sentence in history books, like growing up in like middle school and high school, but I took an Asian American history course in college and we really delved into it. And that was fascinating to me, especially as an Asian American, because you don't get taught all this stuff. You know, my parents immigrated here because of um, specific, you know, laws where um, like like people that were more science-based from, from Asian countries had an easier way of immigrating here. So I didn't know how my life had been impacted by the history because I just didn't know it. So this is all very fascinating. Well, and something as seemingly significant as the just the words Chinese Exclusion Act, like in history books, they don't feel like they need to. I, it is. It's just a sentence. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about all this history. And then this one thing happened because of the Chinese Exclusion Act. But we're not going to go into depth on that. It's mm-hmm. like, wait, what? What? That sounds significant. Why are why are we not giving more context here? And and the six Chinese guys too. I mean, they because of the act, they were just there were so many accusations against them. Like they had smuggled themselves on board, that they were robbers, they were awful, ew, icky, get them away. There's a reason that this act exists. And they weren't people weren't fed the real information that they actually had all their papers and were actually immigrating correctly, you know. Mm. So And then after like because they were it's funny that they're so kind of lost to history in a sense because they were, there was coverage of them in the news f- immediately following the wreck, 
but kind of talking about them like they were inhumane, like inhuman, um, and vilifying them as if they, oh, since they survived, they must have taken the spot on a life on a life raft uh, boat that was meant for a woman or a child. So it was very like these men survived at the cost of. And it's the lifeboat and that Fang they were Lang fi- over here is like, nah, I found my own boat. I yeah. made my own boat. Queens on the door. Yeah, I got, and I left way early. Y'all waited for the thing to sink. I rode away. Yo, I boom. do love. They were in steerage for them to have gotten to a life. They got to a lifeboat. The ones that were on a lifeboat got to a lifeboat on like the opposite end of the ship. Well, and that thing <laughs> of like they they were like they were sailors. They like kind of have an idea of how the boat works, about mm-hmm. what's going on. But I do feel like there is this, at least in the movie, you hear this giant shake and rattle and everyone's like, huh, I wonder if something bad's happening. Whereas these guys are like, nah, that's, you don't Pour need me another to be a glass sailor. <laughs> you don't need to be a sailor to know that that big sound and shake is probably not good for the boat. Let's get yeah. out of here, guys. Yeah. Well, and the third class, and this is something that the movie dealt with um, that they found later on in the submersibles, is that there were, like, caged entrances. Like, they kept some of the steerage. Like, y'all need to chill here while the first class get their first class lifeboats, you know, and 12 of them in a boat for 65 or whatever. Um, So they had to also deal with that, too. Like, there was just so much against them. And the fact that they survived and was in the water and got on the lifeboat on the other end is, like huge and amazing and 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 well, you have to think about with the construction of the boat itself they were not expecting this boat to go down the whole branding was on the fact that we don't even need to think about this boat going down why are we putting cages on the boat like well yeah. it's funny it's it's like it uh, <laughs> why even do that in the first yeah. place it's like uh the branding of the Iroquois Theater, which I'm sure Ray learned about because you went to, you went to Northwestern, didn't you? Yeah, good old Did NU. you guys study the Iroquois Theater fire at all? Not really. I would it, love to learn more. Oh, we talked a, a lot chick- about the talk- Titanic in that episode. Too. Yeah, I did, yeah. <laughs> because because the Iroquois Theater when it like it was it was branded as like like fully fireproof they were like for some reason they're like come to opening night of this show at this brand new theater that is fireproof and then of course within like the first week it burns down um but there were it was a similar situation where they had the gates to keep people who were in the cheap seats from from coming down and and sneaking into the more expensive uh mm-hmm. seats around the more posh clientele and so a lot of the people who passed like who perished in the fire which right. was because they were like we they literally couldn't go anywhere. They had left. They had left some of the that gating up. So it was very, very similar. Um, there's a quote that I there's a quote that I really loved from one of the documentarians that said, "Let me put it this way: I view the Chinese passengers as the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern of the Titanic. They're not major characters, but they pop up at really opportune moments in this story." It's because the lifeboat that they wound up on also had Bruce Ismay on it, the like chairman of mm-hmm. of the what you might call it um, of the oh my gosh um, the White Star Line. Yes, yeah, yeah. Who's the chair? Bruce Joseph Bruce, Bruce Ismay is yeah. the chairman of the White Star Line, and it also had the ship's quartermaster on it. And in their official testimonies, they say that there were Chinese men on their like they. So it's all in the record. 
but I just like the reference to Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Just, <laughs> <laughs> you like, we never follow yeah. their narrative, but yeah. like, boy, are they important? They keep coming up. <laughs> it's funny. I've been like, I, I think I was like looking at YouTube trying to find like trailers of the documentary, and then I came across like the Sewell disaster in Korea, which was another ship that went down. It was like a ferry from um, um, South Korea to uh, Jeju. And it went down. A lot of people died because they were told, like, everything's fine. Just because the ship is tilting, stay in your rooms. We're okay. If the water comes in. They're really trying to manifest this. And a lot of them were Korean students. And so they ended up um, staying and dying because they were like, we're, it's very Asian culture to be like, we have to listen to our elders, listen to the rules. And they listened to the rules to their detriment. They unfortunately died. Um, and then yet the captain, you see the captain, like, is like the first one to be rescued in his like little short shorts, like trying to like reach a boat. And I remember like watching Bruce Ismay, because I think in the movie, you know, of course it's very, there's similar moments, but I mean, he was ostracized for, for getting into the lifeboat because mm-hmm. it, people thought it was his duty to, Go down with the ship. Yeah, go down with the ship. That, uh, you know, that old thing of the captain goes down with the ship. It's so creepy and fucked up. And no, Mm -hmm. you shouldn't, you know, like have to kill yourself or whatever. But like, I do kind of find myself, if I'm watching like a movie, it's like, oh, he should have died in there. Like, oh, wait, no, that's horrible. (laughs) No, let him live. He worked hard to try to save himself. Oh my well, then, as an actor in the movie, when the captain is in the scene, like he's there in all the water, I'm like, how did he do that? Like, did he have to hold his breath? What did they do with the glass? I turned to actor mode watching these movies. Like, yes, <laughs> I want like any time. I I feel like Titanic was one of the first movies that I watched a lot of the like making of behind the scenes things because I was like. Are they in an ocean? Are they just in a big pool? Like it was, it came out at like the time of my brain starting, my, my like, I like acting and I'm a child brain starting to like put, put together like, how is this made? Mm-hmm. Oh, I have questions. Movies were ruined in the most perfect way from a very young age for me because now I think of like, I, I mean, I just remember like I watched Gladiator was one of the first movies I mm. like. I loved as a kid, I watched all the extras and I was like, okay, well that woman just got cut in half, but I wonder how, like how they did it. Did they have like a a dummy and whatnot? And people over here are like, oh my God, a woman just got cut in half. I was like, yes, but how? (laughs) What the fuck is wrong with you guys? I went to, anytime I go to see like a live, like a Broadway show or even just a concert, like I'm looking in the wings, like, okay. All right, and now Stay True's coming out. And, oh, I see how they're moving that. And the lighting over here, I'm like, just just watch this. My sister and I, like, <laughs> should not be allowed to go to shows together because all we do, like, we're watching uh, the part of, part, of our, part of our review of uh, Harry Potter and the Curse of Child was that we were both like, there were a couple effects that we don't know how they did it. Because otherwise <laughs> we're like, we're like, that was impressive that they did this, 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 and this. And it, yeah. like timed it perfectly but like we we have like theories of how every single special effect in that show is done so it's a gold star of approval if at the end of a show (laughs) we're like you know i don't know how they did that one That Natalie was incredible. And Kathleen are just doing a tech review of all shows (laughs) neither one of us are tech people well even the first scene like with the hat in the air for cursed child i was like I don't see a string. What's going on? Is there a magnet? And then like he lifts it and puts it on. I'm like, 
I still don't see a string. <laughs> what is happening? Yeah. Uh, so. They called up Hogwarts and are like, hey, guys, we, we need a few favors for this show we're doing. <laughs> oh, my God. I also love anytime people talk about, like, I I never had the joy of seeing a no-fly show of, of Wicked. But anytime you uh. hear, like... Ensemble members on YouTube. About, yeah. Oh. They're on YouTube. <laughs> Who was the um I just love it whenever people are like, like Yeah, there's a no fly show. They just Who start kneeling. The actress? kneeling. She started on Mad TV and she but she's like an amazing singer and she played Elphaba on Broadway. I know Anna Gosteyer was Anna Gosteyer, but that's SNL, it, yeah. It oh, and I won't remember I'll have to look it up, but she was on Mad TV and she's like this beautifully she did Baby Wants Candy, which is a music improv troupe in Chicago. And she has just amazing. Anyway, she was doing um, Seth Rodesky's, his like YouTube channel he does where they like talk about like a funny story from Broadway. Nicole Parker. Nicole Parker. I, had to, look, like, I had to look it up. <laughs> it was going to bother me. She was like, oh, you know what? I always hear about no fly shows and I like wanted to do a no fly show and it seems so fun until you're in a no fly show and i couldn't get the thing to go so the orchestra like slowed down the music to like give us time but it was too slow and then they never picked it back oh, up oh no and, and so she like actually sings how she had to sing it in the show and i'm like oh my god this is excruciating and she said fucking broadway actors um are just the most professional and genius people all of the background dancers just slowly started crouching down and lowering since she couldn't go up in the air and they just kind of all like started doing it together to make her look like she was taller and i was like god bless you it's I would just love like bending that. space in an improv show. <laughs> yes. Those are the moments I live for when like shit happens on stage and you have to improv. Cause I would be like dipping, being like, this is amazing. Looking at everybody being like, we are actually doing this right now. It's practical, that magical practical. moment of just like, we're just in it. Mm -hmm. Silently figuring out how to make this all work. And you know what? There's like a shit ton of people on stage at all times to get anyone to do the same thing. On you know like yeah. on a whim like that is just magic. That's stage magic right yeah. there. <laughs> take your fancy effects and your flies away from me. I'll take a slow crouch any day. We have a. It reminds me. We have a. We have. There's a, another episode this season. Rachel Bublitz, playwright, talks about how in her plays she'll basic she'll just write like the cast the cast makes a plane with their bodies and doesn't explain how to do it. <laughs> and you're like. They'll figure it out. And that's <laughs> stage magic. I've been there in those moments too. We're like, okay, let's do this. Who's going to lead this? Like, I will yeah. follow. Yeah. Hey, you jump, I jump, right? Yeah. Oh. I brought it back to Titanic. Um, What's funny too is I did, the, um, I did the musical Titanic in college. And I remember being like, Am I, can I be in this show? Well, now I can. I was like, now I can prove. And I played one of the orchestra members because I play the violin because I'm also a Korean American and my parents made me play the violin. <laughs> um, so that's the only reason I got into the show Titanic, the musical. But we had, it was crazy. Like during the ship sinking, they had to like crank the ship. So there was like a curtain down and there was like other stuff happening. They had to crank it. So it was at like a level. <gasps> and we'd all get back on and be like, 
we're sinking. We're sinking. <laughs> so. So did you, you played the violin in the show. Yes. At the end of that scene, did you go up to everyone and be like, it's been a privilege. I feel like no. I would have done that all the time. Uh. <laughs> Just I mean, like, they ba- were the like backstage after the show. It's been a privilege holding your violin. <laughs> Oh, I love that scene too. It's just so sad. But then they like montage it with like everybody drowning and you're like, oh, it's so beautiful, but haunting. And also segue, have you guys seen, bring it kind of back to the Titanic, but not to the Chinese guys, but like, have you been to those museums with the actual um, stuff from the Titanic that they've salvaged? I feel like I've seen an exhibit, like maybe when it came through the Field Museum or something at some point. Oh, it's incredible. There was one in New York. There's a permanent um, Titanic Museum um, near Dollywood. <laughs> so you can go to Dollywood and go to the Titanic Museum. But they have like actual stuff like silverware and dishes. And I saw an actual lifeboat davit. It's just incredible to see what they've salvaged from there and recovered. So and creepy as well. Cass, Cass, they did it. Did Wait, what now? They did it. They, they finally did it greatest store in the universe who raygun they did it they're the greatest store in the universe oh says who says raygun oh okay i'll buy it you know what else you can buy clothing home goods and time travel supplies at raygunsite.com or at any of their six stores exactly use promo code sherry later to save on your next order that's raygunsite.com promo code sherry later all one word We can steer it back. Let's. We can steer it back to our, uh, to our our survivors. I also love the idea steer that now, if you back. Went, mm. I'm sorry. I also let's take well this. Done. Let's take the starboard and get back to back. I hate you. Um, I do. I want to say that like I want you to go back in time and have your um your like interior character work for that Titanic musical be that like y'all gonna die and I'm gonna live. As the only, <laughs> as one of the only Asian people on this boat, yep. there's only 700 and like what five 710 survivors of the Titanic, and the survival rate of non-British people from uh, of non-British men from mm-hmm. steerage is like less than 20 percent. And you could be on you could be in the musical and be like, I'm just saying, this six out of eight of of us make it, so. The odds are in my favor. <laughs> well, you'll see, you'll see me do a cross, like stage left to stage right, with a giant door strapped to a giant door, being like, "Good luck, <laughs> I'm leaving." So. I just want to see up. the the yeah. the door dance number of just I, it's just a tap number on the door. Oh my god! <laughs> I could totally see that on Broadway. <laughs> I hate that I want to see that so much. Oh my god! Oh, I need it. Um, <laughs> It'll be like thoroughly modern Millie, but like thoroughly modern, like, you know, like Fang Lang. It'll be like me with my door yeah. singing center stage. Oh. But I think good and it, not good, but interesting history is something that I immediately am like, well, I want to see the movie version of that. I want to see people yeah. delve into it more. And as soon as you said this, I was like, what a great way to take a more narrow focus of, of the story of the Titanic. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much going on and they try to cover everyone's lives and whatnot, but what a great, I think, character study acting. Mm -hmm. Like, I love thinking about that when I'm like, oh, I want to see the movie of that, of like, what could these actors like uncover and like delve into? And I would love to see the story of these, of these eight men and these six survivors, like 
navigating a different aspect that we don't see when we talk about the Titanic. Because when we talk about the Titanic, we talk about the extravagance and, you know, the the chandeliers and everything and mm-hmm. way to take a different view of of this story that we seemingly all think we know. Mm-hmm. That's why for me, I want to know what happens to the guys after. Like, there's not mm-hmm. that much information. So I actually think, like, in my... TV brain, what a cool TV show. If it started with them reaching, you know, mm-hmm. New York, being rejected because of the Exclusion Act, and then they all go their their ways and dealing with the racism and the, the hate and the politics. And I think that would be fascinating because I, I want to know what happened to them. I think mm-hmm. these are stories that have finally come to the surface and we want to know more. So, or I do. And yeah. what's interesting is like the, like the, backdrop of all of the racism is why it's so hard to actually get those mm-hmm. answers i was like i want to know that that all, all of the other survivors were allowed to like bypass screening at ellis island like they were just like they were given like trauma treatment like they got to new york and everyone was like holy shit you just went through it mm-hmm. come on uh, and the Chinese survivors, not only were they not, they were they were detained. They weren't allowed to leave the Carpathia. And within like 48 hours, I think they were already on a ship out of there. So it was like, you just survived 23 degree Fahrenheit water. Mm-hmm. The, the uh, Feng Lung, who was the, is that the name right? The, the gentleman so, yeah. who was, uh, the gentleman on the door was probably like one of the last people rescued from the wreckage because they were combing the wreckage and they were only finding dead bodies uh, until they found him. But yeah, but it's, it's the, the, all of, all of the racism is why it's hard to track that, hard to track that line anyway, because their names, it's an imperfect English transliteration of their names on the records in the first place. And then afterwards, they would have potentially like they would have changed it. There was a lot of changing yeah. of names in order to get into America for even like yeah. trade and whatnot. Even if you weren't allowed to stay forever, like through at least World War Two, yeah. So that's like I think like a lot of what the documentary is about ends up being like mm-hmm. not as focused on the actual events on the Titanic, but like trying them just the documentarians trying to figure out who these at least six if not all eight uh yeah. were and it's interesting too because it opens my eyes with what who who else was there what other cultural um communities were represented because i think there was also a japanese ambassador or somebody that i don't think he survived but he was i don't know if he was in third but there was also one japanese person on there like were there any south asian you know were there any indian were there I, I, it it well, kind of my mind because the um, the a lot of the passengers on the Titanic were not originally slated to be on the Titanic. Mm. There was a coal shortage in the UK, and so they basically were like, "This big ass boat, this big fancy boat we just we just built, needs a crapload of coal. So we're gonna put, we're just gonna like cancel all other departures. We're gonna put everyone on this boat." Because these the, these eight Chinese men were not so like they were they were they were just being sent to America to get on another boat, but mm-hmm. j- because the only boat leaving basically was the Titanic, mm-hmm. because I don't know pomp and circumstance, uh, and the coal shortage, they were like 
just put them on there. They'll be oh, they'll be how, so they'll be so happy to be <laughs> on this fancy new boat. While also trying to you know save their lives, maybe yeah. a couple days later. And also, I read about a fire with Titanic. Um, I have to. I haven't researched how true this is, but that there had been a fire in the Titanic a couple days before, and that also weakened some of the walls, and which is why mm. the iceberg was able to really do some damage. Um, but because they wanted, it was slated to leave, it was all big pomp and circumstance, it was very kept under the radar that this fire had happened inside. So there were just a lot of factors. So we were they... just really pushing this through. Pushing Girl. The show must go on. Girl. <laughs> so we know, knew the quote-unquote names of all of these men, whether they were altered or changed in the ticketing and whatnot. And we knew where they ended up, but not who ended. Is that all we know of them, though? Like, what their names were written as, that one of them ended up in America, some of them ended up in different places, but that's literally, we just have kind of like a dart on a map and these names. There's no other information we've been able to find. Well, we know they're they're, they're from. They're all from, like, the same province. And then we we know kind of where they ended up, but what I was saying about, like, part of the problem being that their names were obviously written down American, mm. like not Americanized, yeah. but like yeah. uh, Anglicized. And then they were kind of scattered to the winds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. First of all, it's reasonable to assume that they all knew each other because they were all from the same province and also mm. all worked in the same positions mm-hmm. on yeah. ships. They would have like also lost like the two that, that died, they would have been like, we lost a friend in this. Yeah. Um, but also because when to in order to get into america like from like as a, even when during the chinese exclusion act merchants were allowed into mm-hmm. america from china because of course we still want to trade with china mm-hmm. we we want to trade with china but we can't let any chinese people into our country uh so people would they were called paper sons or paper daughters and it was basically the you would uh change your name on but you you would you a merchant would go home to china would bring somebody back and when you brought them back you'd be like this is my son or like this is my mm-hmm. brother mm-hmm. and so everyone's names were just constantly being changed mm-hmm. yeah. to something just so that they could get yeah. into whatever country they were trying to get into yeah um specifically more com- more often than not the united states yeah. so that they would was, they would just purchase like fraudulent documentation mm-hmm. that said that they were blood relatives because that was the only yeah. way that they could yeah. get in so that's part of like that's yeah. another ripple to them yeah. trying to find out who mm-hmm. these six were. The document, the documentary is called The Six. Yeah, and I can't wait to watch it, too, because, I mean, yeah, with the paper trail, like, what did they register on the boat as? Mm-hmm. Is that the same? Because there's a language barrier. Is it the same way they yeah. spelled it when they got to America? And then when they go to the UK, how was it spelled? And then if they go to whether it's India or Cuba or back to China, like, oh, I'm sure there's just been stuff lost in translation. And was were their names the way that they were spelled on, like, their ticket? Because yeah. they were all on the same ticket uh, to get onto the Titanic. Were the names that the way that they were spelled uh, on the ticket, is that how they were? Did any of those names appear in the press afterwards? Because mm-hmm. there was, like I said, there was press that was like, they, they hid these Chinese men hid underneath the seats of the lifeboat and took the place of like a man or a woman, like a woman or a child. Like, did they say names in those articles? Because that would also be like another reason that they would have to 
that they wouldn't want to use those names. Yeah. What I but, love about this story, or at least the story coming out, is there's there's so little information. It's garbled. There's more questions than answered. But if we know anything about historians is, A, they're obsessive nerds who want to be detectives. So a story like this, A, coming out at all means that, you know, we're learning more about people and stories that were not told and that are not mm-hmm. centered. And now there's going to be so many historians and people who just almost see this as a challenge of like, yeah. I want to know more. And yeah. stories like this are just going to inspire and encourage historians to look for more and realize there are more sides to this story. There are more stories that yes. have nothing to do with the you know the narrative that we're told. And hopefully this will bring about a fervor to explore those stories and Mm -hmm. center them and not have them be kind of like, well, here's a fun fact. Did you actually know? No, it's not just a a asterisk or a fun fact. It's let's explore this history. Well, and also as an Asian American too, I think growing up the Titanic, it was a very like white story. It was like white people on a ship. Um, And so I never, it was fascinating to me, but I never related to it. But then Mm -hmm. now knowing that there were Asian Asian people on there it's like wait this is all of our stories too like Mm -hmm. it's not just a white story it's a global story because there's so many people of different ethnicities on this ship I think that's also why like when I said earlier the I know that there's so much more like history and actual stuff but my mind always goes back to the movie because it is it's so it's centered around white people it's centered around this kind of fantasy and fun narrative and it makes it almost I I always feel like I'm apologizing when I'm talking about the Titanic because I always talk about Jack and Rose and it feels it feels almost disrespectful to the people and the story itself but it also makes it seem like it it was actually a movie it wasn't real it seems so you know false but adding more information and three-dimensionality and representation makes it feel like a real story like it's history it's not just this fun romantic drama that we all saw in the 90s it makes it real and it makes it accessible Mm -hmm. it's also really interesting because the movie titanic is incredibly white and incredibly popular in china like all (laughs) most james cameron cameron movies are are incredibly popular in china but like titanic is huge in china uh, and so I wonder if, like, as this documentary comes out or as they were researching it, if they, like, did, like, man-on-the-street-style interviews with people, like, oh, you know Titanic? Because I'm sure that if they did, they'd be like, yeah. Like, who, first of all, who doesn't? But, like, it, I would, lo- like, I can't imagine uh, the discovery of feeling a part of the yeah. story. Well, and there has to be, like, a family member or something. There has to be letters because these guys must have written letters back to their families. So I'm like, mm-hmm. they're sitting somewhere. Maybe someone didn't know that they're great uncle was one of these guys and finds these letters and i'm just so curious maybe it'll keep their eyes peeled out there that this could exist so i hope this snowballs and this keeps you know more people are like there's gotta be a clue there and that's gonna lead to something else and Mm -hmm. finding that connection is just going to i feel like a good way to bring to kind of bring bring the story home uh ray do you want to do you want to talk about fung fung lung's family in the united states and like that discovery Wait, I don't know if I got, I just know that he had descendants and he had the poem. What, what did you find? Oh, just like his, his son is alive and well in like Janesville, Wisconsin, was born and raised in like Milwaukee. 
um, and had no idea that his father survived the Titanic until like 20 years after his death. And in the when the documentarians were like researching it, they kept, they kept finding these like things where somebody was like contesting things that were on the record where they're like, oh, no, that that age is wrong. They're like, oh, you have this fact wrong. And somebody like in some transcript, somebody was like, how do you know this? And he's like, because it was my dad. My dad was there. And they were like, what? <laughs> um, and so he did. He his his father, uh, Fang Lung, who was the the one the one on the door. I hate, I hate that that's what it's becoming. That's going to be Titanic uh, 2. That's going to be the sequel. Titanic yeah. 2. The man on the door. The, the man, man on, on the, the door. door. Yeah. Um, he had written about his experience back to his, like, great nephew or something um, back in China. And so, and that's the poem, is he had written this poem and inclu- included it yeah. uh, to a letter to his great nephew. And the poem basically just tells the story of him being of the circumstances of his rescue so it is wait do you have the poem oh i have the poem <gasps> yes i have like little bits but like yes yes yeah I we well read? i found Can first we i found like a paraphrased version yeah. and then i i i heard uh, the the real thing um it's and i don't this might be an excerpt or this might be the whole thing but it's sky high sea wide waves churn and flip my life was saved by a wooden stick Three or four friends I find still alive wipe away sadness and laugh with delight. So it's literally, he's like, I was on a door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was in the That's water. Beautiful. A piece of wood saved my life. And then Well, I'm... and then what those last lines of friends laugh and wipe away tears. So he, so, and then he got to be reunited with them at yeah. least briefly. Yeah, he, he would have, beautiful. he would have gotten on the, not known that any of his friends survived until he got on the Carpathia because the other surviving uh, the other of their group that survived were, were all on the same lifeboat with the quartermaster and the chairman of the, of the entire and, organization. And, and thank God they had each other. Because can you imagine if you're just one sole survivor of all that and you were you took the brunt of all that racism and hatred? I'm mm-hmm. grateful that they, as messed up as it is, that they had each other and they probably just were bonded for life for going through something like that. So Yeah, that's why I think it's interesting if like, as as this hopefully snowballs and we and we learn more that it's it's hard to imagine that their lives weren't interconnected after this but then also like you know that be, the because of the widespread racism and because they were they worked on ships like they were mm-hmm. constantly being sent in other directions that it's mm-hmm. like you wonder if they once they got kicked out of the UK uh if they like ever saw each other again yeah yeah also times. that's a beautiful poem right uh, yes can you email it to me because i kind of want to like put it somewhere being yeah for sure Titanic fan so I'm... i have to i have to give props to uh i got i got the actual verbiage of it from Seneca and sup china have a podcast and they did uh they did an interview last year like this time last year with the documentarians that they didn't release until recently mm-hmm. because the the documentary was supposed to be released last year but because of covid it it hasn't it's released in mainland china but it hasn't released internationally yet so it also blows my mind that like fang lang's son can you imagine him being like dad i didn't know you were on the titanic can you can you tell me just tell me something about like it must have been so a memory that he didn't even talk about it like yeah he found out about it from other family members because his father never talked about it uh, and his his father's name in a, as an American citizen in America was was Fang Wang Fang Wang's son Fang uh, Wing son. Fung so his son was Tom Fung from Janesville, Wisconsin. 
Interesting. Also, when you hear about a story like this, and then, like, when you guys said poem at the beginning, I was like, oh my god, I want to hear it. But then in your heart, you're also like, ooh, I hope it was good. Like, could you imagine someone (laughs) writing, like, like, a really kind of shitty poem about this, like, beautiful story? I was like, oh god, that poem was actually, like, really good. (laughs) Yeah. No, no, this was... (laughs) If it was a, if it was like somebody from our generation, right? If you're like, moment, I feel like, like, yo, like, like hashtag door, I hashtag shipwreck, <laughs> hashtag YOLO. Hopefully you live. <laughs> so. And it's like, mm, we'll, we'll erase that poem from history. Yeah. We'll keep oh your story better. <laughs> well, oh dis- despite the fact that it is, of course, riddled with racism, uh, we're, gl- we're glad that I'm glad that we could surprise you with a happy story about the Titanic, Cass. Yes, it was so beautiful. And yes, and it's it's one of those things where it's like sad and horrible, but there is so much good that's coming from talking about it and bringing mm-hmm. it back up. And there is a little beautiful silver lining at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ray, thank you so much for turning me on to this story because I got to like do the research with you, but I also like, it wasn't like you said, I want to do this topic and I had heard of it before. I was like... Every moment was a new adventure. Oh, good. God uh, bless you for helping me, too. It, it was really cool. And, and thanks to your sister for, like, she was the one that was like, you posted about this, and maybe you should, like, delve into it deeper. And I thought, I should, because this is really cool. So thank you. I learned so much. It was a great a great little yeah. adventure. And I can't wait. I genuinely can't wait for this documentary to come out. Yes. Um, in the meantime, Ray, where can everybody find you on the Internet if they want to follow you and support you? Well, thank you. Well, I have a website, www.raymondjlee.com. I'm also on the Twitter and Instagram, and my handle is at Raymond J. Lee, R-A-Y-M-O-N-D-J-L-E-E. You can find me on there. Wow, it's almost like you're well-practiced at saying <laughs> It's <laughs> almost like you get asked that. <laughs> Literally, it's like, I follow my script. Thank you, everybody. I feel like Siri, like male Siri when I say that. Like, <laughs> Your voice is so much more beautiful than Siri, so... Thank you. Also, my Monday. speaking of a beautiful voice, Kathleen sent us a video of you singing Let It Go. And I was like, oh. swoon. Oh, thank it's you. so beautiful. <laughs> thank you. So beautiful. Oh, my. I'm just a Disney prince at heart. That's, that's oh. hopefully one day. Hopefully one of these Love days. So. I, I we'll keep want doing that for you. Yeah, just keep, up, keep up the good research. <laughs> and, uh, and, and you'll make it there. Um, thank you again. I'm like, I just, I, I'm all abuzz. Uh, as always, you can find, uh, any other, we'll post, we'll post a whole bunch of, I think, visual aids from this on, um, on our Instagram and Twitter at sharedpod on both of those locations. If you have any questions, corrections, I don't know how you'd have corrections. There's not that much information. <laughs> not much information yeah. Like we, like Ray and I found what there was to find until the documentary comes out. Uh, but if you have any questions, corrections, or suggestions, you can always so send those to us. To what is it? Shared History Podcast at gmail.com. Once every three episodes, I forget our email address. It's Shared History Podcast at gmail.com. We are always glad to see those. Uh, as always, please leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Is that what it's called? Apple Podcasts? I don't know. I have an Android. But even <laughs> I, with an Android, can leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Any Yes. Anything That's more than four stars, stars right there, is acceptable. 
Uh, you don't need an iPhone to review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, that was my song for you all. Cass, did I miss anything? I think you nailed it. Great. I nailed something. <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> Woohoo! Uh, until next time, share you later. later. I did the point too. You Yay. did the point. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.